0: Okay, so today's daf is Shabbos daf mem dalid. So we are on mem gimla I'm going to go back a few lines just to clarify the beginning of the sugya. So we are about 12 lines up. Mem gimla amabes, the second to last word of the line is itmar. So we already started this yesterday in yesterday's recording, but we'll uh, we'll repeat it. Okay, so this parak here started out with all the halachas of warming of food for Shabbos, and now we took a, uh, a turn and we discussing the halachas of muksa, so just in short, muksa means that the item, the object, is not prepared for Shabbos use. Whatever that means, Machlekes of Shimin, Rabbi Huda, how much preparation I have to do in order to make something not muksa. But there's a con- everyone agrees there's a concept of muksa at some point. At some point, we're going to say there's an Isra of muksa. So if you have a moment to read the uh, introduction to the art scroll. Uh, this parak parakira takes five minutes. Goes through the background, the reasons for muksa, three reasons born in the Rambam, one reason born in the Ravid. Just important to to go through. Okay, so we're continuing the discussion of muksa. We are up to the word itmar itmar mese hamutol Bahama So you have a dead body that is sitting in the sun. Rabbi Yehuda Amar Shmuel, Rabbi Yehuda said the name is mimita lamita. You could turn it over from bed to bed, seemingly p- rolling it from one bed to another bed in order to uh, get it into the shade. You put on it either a kikar, a loaf of bread, a or an infant. The point is to take something that was common for people to have. Babies were hanging around, bread, but you don't need to use babies or bread. You could take, I don't know, something else. You could take your uh, your magazine, your newspaper, and use that to be able to transport the mace. And then that, and that, that would allow you to move a mace on Shabbos. Now, when there's something available to use, you have something, no problem. Everyone agrees that it's mutter, that in a situation of cover ha-mace, in order to protect the dignity of the mace and to protect the body, we are allowed to use this uh, trick and put... A loaf of bread on the mace or even on the mace's bed in order to be able to move them. Everyone agrees. When do we have machleikas? The less lay uh When you don't have anything available to put on the mace. So what's the mar savar. my holds minat me Moving the mace, minat that's called tilto, that's typical moving. That would be tilto muksa and be answer. Omar um, Savar tilto, that is not called tilto. So, what does tilto min mean? So, if you look at Rashi, Rashi sounds like kalachayad backhandedly. The Ran explains, it could be Rashi argues, but this is the accepted opinion. Tilto min means you're using something else to move it. So, imagine you have a uh, $100 bill you find on the floor in Shul or in your home, and it's muksa. And you want to take a hockey stick and you're going to use your hockey stick to move the bill, that's called tiltum and So one mandarma holds, tiltum and is called tiltal, and it's the same halacha as moving muksa. If I cannot move the muksa with my hands, I cannot use a hockey stick to move this mukzad. Omar said, one mandarma holds, no, loish me tiltum and atzad, that's not called tiltal of muksa, and therefore it will be mutter to use a hockey stick for your $100 bill. And th- that same achlekis would play out when you have the situation of, of a mace of a dead body, and you have no kikar or tinuk, one hold would hold, you could move it with uh, sticks, take a broom, something uh, to lift up the, the mace, and one hold would hold, you cannot. That is this machlekes. So the Gemara says, this is where we uh, left off yesterday. Leymah Let us say that this machlekes regarding tiltul minatsad, moving uh, muksa through something else, through a stick, is Let's say that this is a machlekes in a the Tanoam. The Bryce says like this, One is not allowed to save a mace from a fire. There's a fire, and let's, let's assume there's a problem of carrying the mace out. You cannot do that. You cannot save a mace from a deleka. What is the case talking about? That it says that you cannot save the mace from a fire. If there's a kikarotinuk there, there's something to put on the mace or on the, on the coffin to be able to carry it, my time of the tanakama. Why is the tanakama hold? That uh, you cannot. If you eat the leka? and if there is nothing to put on the mace that would allow you to transport for Muqsa, my time with Rabbi Yehuda ben lakish, so why does Rabbi Yehuda ben lakish, he holds, you could save the mace from the deleka, so what's going on, or what is the case talking about, so we have a great understanding, which should be, it depends on how you learn, because that you'll always find something to move the mace with, minatzad the tilto. Well. <wood flats> <mumbles> so, That's regular moving. That's called handling muxa on Shabbos, and therefore one cannot uh, remove a mace from a fire on Shabbos. It's unfortunate, but there's nothing you can do about it. It's tilto muxa. and if you don't have a kikaratina, you're stuck. no loy shmei tilto, moving in minatzar using something else to to lift up the mace. That is not called tilto, and that is why he holds rabbi hutin ben Lachish holds it's mutter so isn't this machoikas already a machoikas tanoim? so the gemara says no the Kulyam everyone agrees tiltum and atzad shmei tiltal everyone agrees using a stick to move something that is called tiltal and that is called tiltal muksa. so if you cannot move that object with your hands you cannot use your hockey stick to move it and therefore your hundred dollar bill found on the floor using a hockey stick to to shoot it underneath the couch until after Shabbos, that is not going to work. We'll tell you a header in a moment. But the Kuliyama Tzotun Nassan, Shmei Tzotun. So what is this machlekeh, Shabihudah Ben-Lakash, and the Tanakhama regarding moving a mace? So why in fact does Shabihudah Ben-Lakash say it's mutter, to move a mace from a delega. What do you mean? It's a esr so, so he says, a person's concerned about the mace. He has a relative that, 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 that died. He's concerned that the body's going to get harmed. Eloi, Shavu If we didn't allow him to violate muksa. And remove the mace. What's going to happen? He's going to end up extinguishing the fire, which might end up being an isa to extinguish the fire on Shabbos. So we'd rather him violate muksa, maybe through totem and atzad, than to have the concern that he might end up uh, burning, extinguishing the flame on Shabbos. But really, it's muksa. Everyone agrees it's muksa, but it's it's the better of the two. Shila Amrab, Ben Lakish from Mace, that's what we passing. We passing that if if uh someone had a mace and there was a fire there, you're allowed to remove the mace from the from the fire, from the building, in order to uh uh what do you call it? In order to make sure that a person will not end up extinguishing the flame. So by allowing this dispensation to re- to move the mace, even though it's muksa, we are preventing the grave isser of extinguishing the flame on Shabbos. That's the halacha regarding mace. So in Shochanar, you look in Shulchanach, when it talks about mace, there's two options. The option, everyone agrees, is kikar That's what we spoke about with Dovah and Sholem And you yeah, have the second thing, if there's a deleka, one can move it uh, uh, in order to prevent extinguishing the fire. Now, just- Could you use, uh, could you use truma? Oh, uh, for kikar I don't know yeah. offhand. There's a question about using svarim. Let's say a person had a sidder, could you use that for kikar tina? I'm just kikur? wondering if it's like the same thing as mace mitzvah type. Right. I don't know offhand. It's it's probably brought in shohana. I know they they talk about svarim to use a safer. I just didn't look it up beforehand, but definitely a good question. Would that be a design to the to the svarim to use that to uh, to move a mace? Um, just regarding this halacha, so. Although the Gemara tells us that one cannot do tiltum and atzad, you can't take your hockey stick and shoot the $100 bill underneath the couch, in Shulchan Aruch, if you look, there's, there's a qualification to this. That when we say that tiltum and atzad is asr, which means moving muksa through another medium, through a hockey stick, which uh, that's just the case I thought of, so that's only when I'm doing it, let davar hamuksa. I'm doing it for the need of the $100 bill. I'm doing it for the purpose of something that's muksa. However, let's say I'm doing it for something that is not muksa. Classic example, you have your freezer, and you have a piece of raw meat in the freezer. So we're going to see later on, in the Sabbath Shabbos, that is considered muksa. Even today, we do consider it muksa. There are certain people that will eat beef tartar, but for, the mo- for most people, that is considered muksa. Now behind this piece of meat that's frozen and raw. On Shabbos, I have my ice cream. So, how do I get my ice cream on Shabbos? So, very simple. Hetter is you take something that's not muktzah, take a big freeze pop, and you move the uh, the meat tiltum and atzad. Ah, didn't the Gemara just tell me it's aster? Yeah, that's only when I'm doing tiltum and atzad to save the meat. Here, I don't care about the meat. I need my ice cream. So, I'm doing tiltum and atzad b'shvil So that would be. Allowed on Shabbos, that's an Eitzah. If you're doing it for something that's mutter. Now, what do you do about the hundred dollar bill? So there's another concept in Muksa. Let's say you found the hundred dollar bill on your on the floor. So there's something called tiltal B'Gufai, where you don't use your hands at all, hands free. You you uh, kick it, you elbow it, you use your teeth, you do something without using your hands. That is called tiltil B'Gufai. Most of the Achrayim hold that is mutter. The Chazanish argues, but he in his uh, writings. He says, I know I'm arguing on everyone else, and that's not going to stop me. But he even, he admits that he's arguing on everyone else, but in halacha it's found there are a at the Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah both agree to this, that one could use your body, you could use your elbow, um, your, your teeth, if you have to remove something, $100 bill on the floor, take your teeth, bite into it, bring it to a draw, and uh, let it sit there on Shabbos. That would be an eitzah when it comes to muksa. Okay, so let's go back to the Gemara. That's a good question? Yeah, sure. Regarding the freezer, let's say, let's say, I have these meters now, I'm, I'm yontif. our freezer got unplugged, so you get stuck, so you realize that I'm stuck on Friday night, so if you don't, um, you want to move stuff to another freezer, you won't do it, you have to put that much hotness? So, they're partial slow, because you're doing it to save the, uh, to save the meat. Now, if it was yontif, if there's no problem, those things are not yes. with them. Shabbos, it's a problem. The only hepti you're going to have is playing, uh, playing soccer. You're going to be kicking things or using your teeth. You can use your teeth. You could do total Begufa. If you could use your teeth or elbows... And feet, I don't know. You hold one of your kids, and they take their feet, and they—you'll figure it out. But one cannot do tultam and outside Now, if there's a—if you're involved in a case of hefzit, again, it's not so practical today. People don't want the guy and don't want to come into your house. One could definitely do amir or lenachri to move uh, to move muksa in order to, to save a law. So that w- that would be what a rab would tell you: you get a guy to move it. But if you cannot get a guy to move it, so the only other eitzah is is uh, punting. You know, hatslacha. Okay, next. Uh, back to the Gemara. So, three lines in. So, the Mishnah said, So, the oil that, that uh, dripped on Shabbos, you cannot have benefit from it because that was not prepared. So, the leftover oil in your candle or on your plate. Us, sir, one is not allowed to use this leftover oil. Let's say you used olive oil for your Shabbos candles. You cannot use the leftover oil for your salad the next day because it is mu- it's muksa. It wasn't prepared before Shabbos. Comes Rab Shimon. This is a famous sheet of Rab that holds that since it is technically, you could technically use it on Shabbos and you were somewhat expecting it that you're going to have leftover oil, Rab Shimon Matir. If Shimon holds, it is much you can use leftover olive oil for uh, your Shabbos Suda. Okay, so we're going to see later this, this next Mishnah, and the Gemara is going to ex- expand on Shitas Rab, Shimon. So let's see the next Mishnah. ner Nechadosh. You could move a Nechadosh. When we say you could move something, that means it's not muksa. You're allowed to handle a Nechadosh, a new candle. Candle doesn't mean our wax candles. It means the, the glass or the... Uh, the jar of the candle, that's how they call it ner in the, in the Mishnayis. So you have a new one that wasn't used yet, so it's not disgusting. It's a nice, clean uh, neronim. So you can move that on Shabbos. You cannot move around, you cannot handle an old one, because it became disgusting. And this is a concept of muqsa machmas mirs. That there's a concept that something that's disgusting that you would not use on Shabbos, that has a din of Muksa. An example of this in a, in a practical way, we're not going to get halakha l'aisa, but an example of this would be a garbage can could you move a garbage can on shabbos typically it's moktsumach masmiah so you would never use it for anything you, you can throw things in there can i move it around can i can i walk around to bust the tables you know your camp question walking around with a garbage can can you do that on shabbos isn't that a problem of muktzah masmiah so again halacha we'll, we'll leave later on the mesecht on shabbos goes through these things one more time so we'll go through it in depth there, but that's what it means. There's a concept of muktzah machmasnias. Something is disgusting. It's muktzah. So this old candle that was used already, it already has this leftover. You know this this oil on it. It's already garbage. Rav Shimon I'm Rav Shimon says kol Rabbi Shimon holds all candles, all neronim, could be handled on Shabbos whether it's new. And whether it's used, seemingly it does not hold to this concept of machmas mirs. That There is no such thing as muqtza because it's disgusting, since I could technically use it. It's mutter. However, there's one time where Rav Shimon agrees you cannot move it. <laughs> Except for a candle that's actually burning on Shabbos. Because over there there's a concern that by moving it, you might extinguish it. So there he agrees that you cannot move that. Candle on Shabbos, but once it extinguishes, it sounds like according to Rabbi Shimon, you'd be allowed to move your Leichter Friday night. There will be no problems. So let's see. So, the Yashan. So, you're allowed to move a new a new candle that wasn't used yet. Once it's used already, it's disgusting. Divrei Rabbi Yehuda. That is the Shita of Rabbi Yehuda. Rameir Imer, says, kola naris <laughs> all candles can be moved, except for your Shabbos candles. The Shabbos candles that you lit, and it was lit when Shabbos came in. There's a concept that muksa takes effect That's the, the onset of Shabbos. If these candles were lit, the onset of Shabbos, so then it became Muksa. And the candle itself, even once the fire is extinguished, so this this uh, candle. Again, the glass jar that we're gonna call the Neros, the candle, that has become a busis, the davra Usr, and it's Muksa for the entire Shabbos. So we're already starting to see some of the terms we might know, we might remember from learning the of Muksa. We're starting to see already there are mayor holds that even though I don't care for Muksa Mahmas I there's something that's disgusting, but if it was lit on the onset of Shabbos, one cannot move it around afterwards. So now we have two opinions. Here comes the third one. Reb Shimon Oimer. Shimon says, you can move everything. There's no problem of moksa. The only problem is, chutz min ha for Except for a ner that's doilek, that's actually lit on Shabbos. When it's lit, so then I cannot move it. But kavsa, once it has extinguished, once it is no longer lit, you're allowed to move it. There's no such thing as becoming a buses and I cannot move it later on. No, I expected it to go out, it went out, and now I could use this Neiros for something else. However, when it comes to a cup or a bowl or a shashas, that's some type of lantern, then he agrees, then you cannot move it. And the Gemara is going to ask later on, why would you differentiate between the cup versus the typical neronim, the glass jar that you, that you had your oil in, that you lit the candle on. Why is that different than the kais ka'arava So we'll see comes his son, so Rab Shimon's son is Rabelezer. Comes Rabelezer, Rab Shimon, and he says, "Mistapik, you're allowed to use min hanerakavi. You're allowed to take oil from a ner, from a candle that went out. So if the candle goes out and you need more olive oil for your salad dressing, no problem. And the min and and you could even take oil uh, from a Metaftif when it's." Uh, when it's, still, when it's still lit, even when the nair is still lit, it's flickering, you're allowed to take oil directly from that candle. It's a tremendous chiddush, because we know the Mishnah of Betza tells us if you're a from a candle while it's lit, that's an Isidara of Kivoi. For some reason, Rabbi Elisabeth Shimon holds that when a candle is flickering, it's on its last life, the extra oil that's around it is not helping it, obviously. So it's not going to make a difference by you removing some of the fuel. You see already it's not lighting well. Anyways, it's over. So at that point, the extra oil is not going to be used as fuel. You could take it off. Fine. That is, we have four different opinions. Rabbi Yehuda holds there's a concept of muksa, and but but a new nair you could move, not an old one. A mayor holds. All candles could be moved, no problem. Except there's a concept that once the candle was lit Friday night, for some reason it becomes muksa the entire Shabbos. But had I not lit it Friday night, then it would not be a problem. Rav Shimon says no problem of moving any of these candles. No such thing as muksa really. Again, limited cases of muksa. His only issue is if it's li- while it's lit, you should not move it. That would be a problem that I might come to extinguish it. And then he says something funny about a kais, ka'ara shashas are different but we're not, we didn't explain it yet. And then his son, Rabbi Lezeb Shimon said, not only can, just a different halacha, forget about muqsa, you have to take oil directly from the flame, and even if the flame is still on, but it's only flickering, and it's not really lit, and it's not lit strong, then it's not burning strong, so then you could even remove oil from it. So I'm rabbiya. So Rabbi makes this observation. He says, Rabbi Lezeb Shimon, He holds like his father in one regard, and he argues on his father in in one thing. What does this mean? He holds like his father, the less than muxa. He holds, then no, these things don't become muxa automatically, and therefore, these are not muxa. But he does argue with his father regarding one halacha. His father held kava once it gets extinguished, and then you could take oil from this candle, but light cover off It's still burning light. You cannot remove oil from the candle. The EU Rebbe Lezer, Breb Shimon holds got the light Cover. Even if it didn't extinguish it, it's still lit. You're literally allowed to take oil from the candle on Shabbos. Okay. But, fine. So that's a biased observation regarding Rebbe Lezer, Shimon. Now, let's go back to the qualification of Rav Shimon Shita, he said something about ka'os, ka'os, something about those three items are different. So the, so the Baisa continues, that you cannot move from its place. For some reason, that is considered moksah. Even Rav Shimon, who doesn't hold the muksa, holds this is muksa. So, so why are these different? Why would these be different? So Amar Ula Ula says, well, you read the Mishnah wrong. That concept of is that's not talking about Rabshim and Shita. Seifa Asan the Rabbi Huda. That part is going on Rabbi Huda. Rabbi Huda holds. It's Asr le And he also says it's Asr to move Ashashis and Kais and Ka'ara as well. So the Gemara asked the obvious question. But look at the wording of the Gemara. If it's true that the Seifah was talking about Rabbi Huda, my aval. Aval means however. It's like a caveat. Or it's saying that I, I really hold like this except for these Few cases. Rabbi Yehuda always holds a muksa. So, what's the khiddish? What are you saying? Aval, Rabbi Yehuda holds these things are muksa. Of course, they're muxa. So, it can't be and this is going like Rabbi Yehuda. Ella, Amar said it has to be Rabshimen. It's Rabshimen. So, Shimon is saying these things are mutter except for kais, Aval, kais, lo Im So, what's the difference? So, Rabbi, when does Shimon, say you're allowed to move a candle? That's benerzuta, a small candle where it's not going to be lit the entire Shabbos. Didate Ilave. So a person thinks that I'm going to have this cup. So you have this uh, you have a glass jar and you lit your candles but you know it's going to last a couple hours. It says, you know, 2.5 hours on the box, on the the amount of oil that you use or the amount of the wax candle you have but you know that your glass jar is going to be available in two and a half hours. So corn job shipment, since when Shabbos comes in, I know that there's an option that I might have this available, so therefore that's not called muksa. Muksa means I totally uh, took it out of my my realm of, of being of using it on Shabbos. But since I know there's a there's an end time to this, right? So the d'at eluyi Hani, But these big cups, you know, this big cup of oil, this lantern, this this bowl dinafishi. They're they're huge. So it's going to light the entire Shabbos. So then his das is not on it. When he lit it on Shabbos, it's a 24-hour uh, yard-side candle. He doesn't think he's going to have this glass available Shabbos afternoon to use it for, uh, for something else. And therefore, even the chance that it burnt out, extinguished prior to the end of Shabbos, it's too late. It's at that point, you didn't have in mind to use it. And that's why he says, are different, and we hold there's muxa in that case. Okay, so the Gemara says, Vatanya, didn't we learn in a Bryce, uh, So what do you mean? The Gemara the clearly said that even a Ka'ara, if there's leftover oil, you are allowed to use it. One second, shouldn't it be the same thing? That Ka'ara is so big that you ha- you thought that it's going to burn the entire Shabbos. That's a plate that's similar to a candle. And the typical way it would be used would be that it would... Uh, it would, it would burn out prior to consuming all the oil, and prior to end, to the end of Shabbos, so therefore there's no Moksa. But hacha, when we say ka'ara here in this Mishnah, it's ka'ara dumya de It's a bowl that's similar to a cup, which is large, and that we say is so big that a person's mind would not be on it from the onset of Shabbos, and even Rab Shimon would agree that that would be considered Moksa. Okay? Good? Okay, let's move on. Amar Zerah Pamot, you have this, uh, a small lantern, which is like a, a metal a metal candlestick. So a metal one is different than the classic, I keep calling it glass, because that's just what we're familiar with, the classic, uh, they used to use cheres, earthenware. It's different because the metal one would not get disgusting right away. But the earthenware one, it would get mias right away, and that, that's why our Mishnah was discussing muqtzumach mas then that immediately after the first use it would be disgusting, and that would be muksa, perhaps. However, metal one would be different. So, Amar yeah. pamot according to a mayor, so a mayor held that you are allowed to move around these candles, except if they were lit on Shabbos, so he would say it's Usr as well. So, according to a mayor, that there's no problem of masmias, but a pamot, which is metal, he would hold as usr. And, and according to a bihuda, who holds the reason why you cannot move this old candle is because it's muxumach masmias, he would say it's mutter, you'll have to move this metal candle on Shabbos. So the Gemara says, hold on a second. So, before we get to the Gemara, let's just point out there's two different things going on here. If something is a dirty, a dirty candle, you have this klicheres, earthenware bowl that was used once as a candle. So it's dirty. So why would that be mukza So there's a concept called mukza machmas mius. Mi'os is what, you know, when people say mi'os, Mius means disgusting. So there's a concept of mukza machmas mius. So that would be, that would apply to charis, but it wouldn't apply to a metal keli. That's one thing. There's another concept that if something was lit, on the onset of shabbos so at that point there's a missionary in baits tells me i'm not allowed to remove oil forget about rab lezzard when it's flickering classic approach is that you're not allowed to remove oil from a candle that's burning on shabbos why is that because that is called kevoi that is called extinguishing removing oil from a fire that's lit is called extinguishing so is the can i touch can i move the oil on shabbos no why it's us there's a concept called Machmas Iser, that this item is Moksa because of the Iser inherent prohibition violation that would be if I would move it on Shabbos. So that's called Muksa Machmas Iser. So once it was lit Friday night going into Shabbos, banish Shmoshes, and I cannot move it during banish Shmoshes because it's lit, so it becomes Moksa the entire day. So that was a point. And Abihuda's point initially was regarding the dirtiness Muktsam Mias. Miyas. So the Gemara is assuming that each one only holds of their din. There are mayor holds only a din of Mukza Mahmas Isir, and Abihuda holds only a din of Mukza mias. Miyas. So therefore, Amrab zaira Pamot, you have this metal. Kendo shalikot bo'a b'shabos, according to a mayor, who holds the only problem, that there's no problem of muktumach machmas miyas, while well, the metal is not disgusting, usr. so therefore it will be iser. According to a who holds the only problem is muktumach machmas miyas, but there's no issue of muktumach mas iser, that would be mutter. So the says, remember, the bihuda, muktumach isle, or muktumach mas iser. Lastly, you think that Rabbi bihuda doesn't hold to this concept of muktumach machmas iser, that if I cannot remove the oil, Friday night. So that doesn't become Muksa? Vhatanya All metal uh, candlesticks. Metal you can move it. They're not muksa. They're not muxa because it's not dirty, but that's only if it wasn't there was nothing lit on it Friday night. But coming into Shabbos Friday night, something was lit on it, so then it will be a problem. That would be your classic example of Muksa machmas Isr. Just by the way, what's a practical application for Muksa machmas sir? Your leichter, your fr- Friday night, you, you light your candles on your leichter, you cannot move the leichter, even after it extinguishes, there's a concept of muktsamach machmas isser. since I couldn't have moved this leichter, the, these candlesticks, Friday night, because there was a candle on it, it was lit, that would be a problem of keyboard of moving around the candle, so since this happened, be so it's mukts of the entire Shabbos, that's called muktsamach mas isser. so even Rabbi Huda agrees to that, so the Gemara says, what are we meant to say here? Pamot, you have this metal candle, which they lit on it on Shabbos. So Everyone agrees it's Asr. Because at this point it becomes muqsa machmas isr. But if it was never lit, it would be mutter. Everyone would agree, it would be mutter. Okay. So we already introduced a few of the categories of Muqsa. We had Muqsa Mahmas iser and Muqsa Mahmas Mias. Now we're going to jump into a discussion of buses, but we're not going to get to the Allah so There's a lot to discuss about buses. Someone leaves a phone on their bed uh, right before Shabbos. Could they not use their bed? Are they sleeping on the couch, you know, that Shabbos? So a lot of questions that come up regarding buses. Someone leaves his car keys on a shtender. There are different things that people ask. So this is one of the Gemaras regarding mito Lemois. So a person has a bed and he was it, he designated it, dedicated it for money. That he was gonna use this bed to keep money on or cheer. So Asulatatla, you cannot move it on Shabbos. It becomes muksa. So the gemara says, hold on a second. It seemingly, even without having money on it, it sounds like just alone that I said this is going to be used for money. Let's say you buy a wallet, which is clearly miyachet for money, but you never put money in it. It seems like it will be also It's called Muksan on So may say, Yitzchak, Rehachem Yitzchak asked, we see that metalkal ner chadosh we learned that you could only, you could move a ner a new candle, but not an old one. That means we're calling it a candle. It's not like we're saying it's a new dish. We're saying it's a candle, and still, uman and still we say you can move a ner chadash. So let's look at the lambdas here. Uman ner de vita. a candle is called a candle. It's made to to be lit, and still without being lit once, we don't give it the status of what's going to happen down the line. So hidlik, if I didn't light it yet, shari, it's mutula to move it on Shabbos. We don't say milsa, that by preparing it, you made it as if it's muksa. So mita, a bed, the lav l'hachi it wasn't made for money. No one buys a bed for money. If you have an extra bed, you put money in it. I don't know, even if you do that, that's, that's, that itself is a chiddish. But you're gonna tell me that it has a more strict halacha than a nair, a brand new candle. Like Holshkin, of course, it's not going to be usher by just dedicating it to hold money. So that cannot be the proper halacha. This is what, it was, this is what it was taught. You say you designated the bed for money. And and I already put money in it. And you look at Rashi, you look at the Rishonim, it sounds like even during the week, maybe not on Shabbos. As long as I already used it for that, so then then I'm not allowed to move it on Shabbos. You look in the Meshavuah, it discusses a wallet or a purse that is typically used for money, even if it's now empty. Perhaps I would have a din of muqsa. You would not be able to move it because it was already the for money. But if I never used it for money, then I am allowed to move it. Now the next part, but if I did not designate it for money, it's just a stender. My stender. I don't put money on my stender. So halacha is like this: Yesh aleha mois. If there's money on it right now, I cannot move it on Shabbos because now my stender is a basis, is a base. So there's a similar English word, buses is a base for my muxa money, and I cannot move it. But inaleh mois, as long as someone knocked off the money at some point on Shabbos. There's no longer money on this stender, so then mutolatantula. I am allowed to move it on Shabbos. But hayu One caveat, one halacha specific din is that it couldn't have been there beinashmashas. However, if the item was on the stender during beinashmashas, during the time between shkia and seis, and it was put there specifically, there's a lot of different details in order to create busses. Let's say you left something by mistake, or you plan had someone who was going to move it. A lot of times we would be makele well, anyways. But assuming you wanted it there, even if it's not designated to be the place to hold your wallet, but you specifically put your wallet on your stander, on your table, halacha is if it was there ben asmarshus, it would be a buses. Again, a lot of details we're showing in machrainim before we get to halacha lemaisa. This is the so one of the sources for the concept of buses. So we learn from there that there's a there's a concept of just just a, the fact that money was on the bed ben asmarshus, it becomes muksa the entire Shabbos. So Amar Ula, Ula said the following, <coughs> Masiv Rab- Rab- Lezer. so Ula's bringing down Rabeliezer's question. Okay, so now we're going to go to Mesechtus Kalim and discuss Halachas of Tumah, once again, Tumah V'tahara. So you have a Mukhni Shalah, so the Mishnah over there is talking about a sheda, a Shida, which is really a, uh, some type of tower, or it's really a wagon. So, Actually, I have pictures of my Gemara. Maybe I'll show it to you in a moment. So you have a wagon. So imagine, you know, the old uh, Hasidic stories with the wagon driver. So you have a wagon from back in the day. And there's a mukhni, A Mukhni we had before. We said that there was a, uh, I think it was Ben made a Mukhni lakir. He made a pulley system. But a mukhni really means a wheel. So a shall shalal the wheels of the wagon. So we're dealing with Tum of a Tahar here. Bisman Shehina Shmetes. When you're able to remove it. So it's like a Lego piece, you know, comes in, comes out. So halacha is ein chibala. It is not considered, attached to it, to be considered one keli. Now what, what's this referring to? Example number one is chibor le'inyan tumah. Let's say someone who has tamim or a touched the keli, touched the wagon. So the wheels do not automatically become tummy. It's considered a separate entity. It's not considered one keli. This actually is brought down as a one of the... One of the uh, sources for the discussion regarding building Lego on Shabbos. Fascinating that this comes up. La Halacha, regarding Lego and magnet and tinker tots, whatever these things are called, tinker toys. So this, this is one of the, there's a lot of this, lot to discuss regarding that Shiloh. But this is a makar to look at. You see that there's no chibor. If it could be removed easily, it's not considered a chibor. That's one halacha. There's also halacha. That's something that's bigger than the size of a mikvah, which is 40 sa. That is, that is not Meqabal That it's so big, it, it doesn't become tame. So let's say we're measuring it. We don't measure the wheels with this because it's too big. There's even a discussion the Chacham discusses regarding Tzfilas skalim. If something is so big, do you have to title it. So imagine you have a, uh, know, a huge, a huge uh, steam kettle, which could serve a whole yeshiva, you know, chalant or soup. It could be bigger than 40 saw. Do you have to title it? Do, do we learn out? Tum- uh, from Tomas Kalim discussion in Ar-Kharnim. But either way, when something is so big, it doesn't have a denim of Toma, so the wheel that's detached, that could be detachable, is not measured with this wagon. Another thing, ve'ain matzale, imab oil mace. Let's say it's so big, so if it's so big, let's say it's an, it's an oil mace. So it could protect the contents of the, let's say there are things in the wagon, so the person has his, uh, his food is shovels that's the pictures of the mesh shovels in the, in, the, in the wagon so if the wagon is so big it doesn't become tummy. not only that it shields its contents from becoming tummy okay but let's say the content is hanging over on the side his, his elbow is out the window so halacha is it becomes tummy from tomas Ayah. however if the wheel would not be detached would not be you know detachable the wheels were stuck on so if the things were hanging over the wheel it would also not be a problem. But in this case, since it's in chibr, since it's not since it's in Shmetes, it could be removed. So the wheel is not considered part of the Taily, and it doesn't protect the things hanging, the golf, the golf clubs hanging on top from becoming tummy. the another this is obviously why we brought it here. The I say we cannot move the wheel, you can't wheel it. The Shiesh If there's money on it. There's actual money on the wheels. Some people, you know, keep their car keys in in the wheel. When uh, someone else is getting a ride, just people realize that. But okay. So if there was money in this wheel stuck somewhere, you should not move it. When there's money on it, you cannot move it on Shabbos. Now, what do we see from there? Sounds like only at the time where there's money on it. Oh, what if the money fell off? Right now, case. Right now, there's no money in it. Shaya, it would be mutter. I forgot. Even though the allow even though the person put it there Friday afternoon, he know where to put his money. So he put it on, on on his wheel. You come along Shabbos afternoon, you pull it out, and there's no money in it. Allah is you let him move it. One second, what about muksa machmas iser, muktzah buses Twenty, you know, once you have the whole Shabbos. So what's going on? Or how could you tell me? How could how could a, uh, Rav tell me, that we paskin that once something's Asr? It's it's, uh, it's a bus, it's the, the case of money, being on the bed. Once it's the Arbena it's also the entire Shabbos. You see this Mishnah and Kalim, clearly not like that. So comes the Gemara, he, that Mishnah is Rav Shimini. that Mishnah is Shittos Rav Shimin, the last lay he holds, there's no problem of Muksa that once it was Muxa Bena Shemash, it's Muksa the entire Shabbos. He doesn't hold that din of of Mitaesh hooked to the Benishmashas, hooked to the Kalashabas, and therefore once it fell off, the money's no longer on the wheel. There will be no problem of moving the wheel on Shabbos. The Rav, and Rav who said that you cannot move this bed, that there was money on it, he holds Kareb Yehuda, Svirale. he holds the Kareb Yehuda, that there is Muksa, once it's Muxa, and it it's Muksa the entire Shabbos. We're going to just jump ahead a few lines, we have a few minutes. This also makes sense to Rav, Kareb Yehuda, Svirale, that Rav holds like Kareb Yehuda, Rav, Rav holds Manichin Ner gabi Dekel be Shabbos. You're allowed to put a Ner, a candle, on top of a tree on Shabbos, meaning before Shabbos, and allow it to be there on Shabbos. And there's no concern you're going to climb up and take it down because it's muksa. But there's a concern. If you if put it there on yontif, yontif, we just had Yontif, you're allowed to use fire. You can't create a new fire, but you're allowed to use fire on yantif, You go cook, make a barbecue. So if you leave a candle on a tree on yantif, there's a concern you're going to climb a tree. If you climb a tree, if other Shilas are climbing trees on, on, on Shabbos and Yontif, therefore you cannot leave it there. So let's see. So let's see. Rabbi Yehuda if Rob holds like Rabbi Yehuda that once something's is Muxa, Ben a shmusha, it's muxa the entire Shabbos, Haned Shani, bein Shabbos, the other. Therefore, you can make a differentiation between Shabbos and the other. To my Shabbos, I cannot use that candle once it's extinguished because it was lit Friday afternoon, Friday night, Banish Hashemashah, it was lit. So even if it gets extinguished in Shabbos morning, I want to use this cup for something too late. It's Muxa. So therefore, on Shabbos, I'm not going to climb the tree because I'm not allowed to use this candle. Therefore, it makes sense that Shabbos, I could put it there. There's no concern, I'm going to climb the tree. But Yantif, I could climb the tree and get the candle. You cannot put it there. Eli Yam, Shemin Mali Shabbos, Mali Yantif. What would be the difference between Shabbos and Yontif? So, obviously, Rav holds, like Rabbi Huda, that once something is Muksa, Ben Shmarsh, it's muxa the entire Shabbos. So the Gemara just asked one more question. The famous Gemara of Rav, Kreb Huda Svirile, Rav really holds a Rabbi Huda, from Abba the Rav. They asked question of Rav, Can you remove can you move away your Hanukkah candles it used to light outside there bshabatos these chabarem. they lived in in, uh, in in Persia and they used to uh, be, they used to be upset at anyone that would light candles outside of their temples we have this Gemara by chanukkah Gemaras and it says they used to light outside and they would extinguish and once it was extinguished they would bring in their chanukkah candles back inside so Rabbi Hul, Rav was mako that they could bring it in on on Shabbos so that doesn't make sense, if you look a grab Yehuda, once it's muxa Friday night, it's muxa in the entire Shabbos. So it sounds like hold a grab Shimon, because Rav Shimon holds that there's no muksa that once it extinguished, you're allowed to bring it back in. So what's going on here? So Amaluhu, Shaper Dami, and, and Rav said it was mutter, so what's going on? So where's the Shasad Haq Shani? Shasad Chak is different. The Omri Kahana, Rav the Rav, Hochi this is the halacha, that you're allowed to move your chanakal candles into your house after it extinguishes. <speaking in Hebrew> you could rely on our shimon by Yechai. This is, became a song today, but this, it's actually a gemar. That you could rely on our shimon by Yechai. And therefore, to avoid getting hurt by these chabarim, uh, you're allowed to move in your candle uh, after it extinguished on Shabbos. Okay, Yashur <speaking in Hebrew>